And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. Here we go then. The season is starting to pick up a bit of momentum. City are through to the fifth round of the FA Cup after Saturday's win over Fulham and it's a return to two games a week as the schedule hots up. After a relatively quiet January, I'm kind of ready for it to be honest and I suspect Guardiola and his players are as well. Welcome to this week's Why Always Us. This is your Manchester City podcast from The Athletic. I'm David Mooney. With me is Sam Lee. Hi Sam. Morning. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, so a bit of a disclaimer. Obviously, you might be able to hear <laughs> Uh, you might be able to hear a truck beeping in the background, which is good timing. But other than that, that wasn't part of the disclaimer. The disclaimer is, um, it hurts to speak. So that might be the one way to get me to shut up. <laughs> so it might be shorter than longer, shorter than usual. Um, I don't remember too much from the Fulham game at the weekend because I was pretty under the weather. Um, and I've got more than half a mind, a brain, um, a thought process on... Um, a house, a house buying process. So I'm very distracted and not really in the city bubble whatsoever. Having Excellent. said that, let's talk about Manchester City. Yeah, for as long I just as possible. just on in terms of the house buying thing, I assume you've uh, you've had to give up Netflix and you've not had a coffee in years. Mm. <laughs> um, it was the avocados. Actually, it was the avocados. Living in short one and so close to Disney, it was just just have toast, but with no avocados. Excellent. Well, Once I, I realised that about six months ago, we've saved probably about £85,000. Yeah. I really can't recommend it enough. It's insane, isn't it? How, uh, how quickly those things stack up. Um, but if you do want to spend some money, sign up to The Athletic right now. You can read all of Sam's stuff on City. Not a lot, though. Um, and, uh, no, it's not a lot of money at all. Um, if you sign up right now, you can get 33% off the price of a full subscription. Just go to theathletic.com forward slash mancitypod. They are a special offer for you as well. Um Sam, let's start with uh, for the uh, what I thought was the big headline from the Fulham game. Anyway, uh, the uh, youngsters McAtee and uh, Liam Delap, um, both of them came off the bench against Fulham. It was just over ten minutes. Um, both did pretty well in a game that I thought uh, when, especially when the game was over. You feel what I mean? They, they they made an impression on a game that must have been quite hard to make an impression on. Yeah, I suppose the thing, the thing that springs to mind for me there is um, I know McAtee was really pissed off with himself after the Swindon game. I don't know, like we talked about this, haven't we? And he, he tweeted that, you know, his performance wasn't what he, he's, he, he likes or his usual level or whatever. And we're all like, come on, cut yourself, cut yourself some slack. Um, but yeah, so he was really annoyed. I was speaking to somebody who's like worked with him for years and he was like, you could tell from watching like in the ground and on the TV, like he just wanted to get off the pitch as soon as possible. Yeah. Like he, he, he wasn't enjoying it. So like, Someone had a word with him, or I imagine a few people had a word with him, and said, "Look, don't worry about it." But he was—he was obviously trying too hard to impress. Um, you know, maybe rushing things, doing things in a different way. So he, you know, he, he ended up, you know, doing the opposite of that, and he was so annoyed, obviously, because he was probably hoping to to play well and play more because he didn't play against Leipzig. I think he was disappointed by that, and he was like, "Well, God, I've got this big opportunity. I need to take it." And a little bit of a tangent here, so I guess it doesn't hurt to speak too much. Um, I remember going to one of the FA Youth Cup finals years ago 
maybe Pep's first season and it was City against Chelsea. I'm not sure if the years add up. I remember um, you used to be able to do the interviews at the Academy Stadium. We'd go around to the tunnel on the other, on the other side. Yeah. Um, and I remember Manu Garcia played in the final, didn't play particularly well. And he was just sat on the bench like with his feet up on the steps and he looked like, gutted, like, absolutely gutted. And I spoke to him for a bit and it was basically just, because I think he'd played already for, I think he'd already played for Pellegrini, maybe for Pep that season. But I think he was thinking, this is a real big chance to play well and maybe, you know, be in pre-season with a senior team and go from there kind of thing. And he didn't feel he'd, he'd taken it. And I think so that was the kind of parallel I saw there with McAtee. So then to bring it back around to the Fulham game and also with Delap, the the credit you can give to McAtee is what Guardiola said afterwards. Did he say ev- something along the lines of everything he did was right or basically yeah. everything that he needed to do, he did. And he did it um, you know, perfectly or whatever. Um, so that's great because he didn't feel more panicked. He didn't feel, oh God, I really need to, to do more of an impact and score loads of goals and whatever. He obviously thought, I need to do the right thing. I need to do what Guardiola wants. And I think that shows that he's very coachable and, you know, sensible. And then on the other side of that, you've got Liam Delap, who's had a few ankle injuries. The reason he's been out for so long is because they just said, look, just don't rush it now. Like, just, yeah. just take get the time it, get to it get right. it right. Um, and obviously, I think he would have been keen because, you know, he's... I wouldn't say fallen down the pecking order, but maybe fallen out of the picture a bit. If you consider when he scored on his debut against um, Bournemouth and then was the Leicester game the one after that, maybe? Yeah. And when he came on, and obviously last season didn't pan out that way. And now, you know, they've gone more towards false nines. Um, and, you know, he wasn't like a huge candidate to get in the team anyway. You know, how often does Guardiola really want to change things? You know, this this idea of a plan B, something different in the box, it's not something that Pep goes for very often, is it? Even if Even if he's got it. So I'm sure he'd be thinking, right, I'm back now. I need to make an impact because game's coming up, maybe the next round, whatever. Um, and he, you know, he didn't, um, I don't think he did anything stupid. He, he didn't like make bad decisions. It was very unfortunate that he was offside at the end. Um, yeah, he had, a, he had a solid game as well. The, the one thing that I remember, because like, like I say, not great memories of the game. Also, I had to stream it and how much of a pain in the ass to stream football. <laughs> like, it's just fucking interminable, isn't it? But I remember <laughs> he was it was down towards the left and, you know, he controlled it and kind of went one way and then cut back inside the other. That was that was cold. That was really good. Yeah. Um, and obviously the movement, you know, for the movement for the goal was good insofar as, you know, it, he was, it was, unfortunate. He was, it was offside. Yeah. Um, but it was still, it was still good enough movement to get there and obviously good connection with the header. Um, so yeah, bodes well and um, more, more so than, the fact that they played well and looked look good and comfortable, I, I think, yeah, the background to that, the context of what it takes to play well, given the kind of pressure they'll be putting on themselves, yeah, says a lot. Yeah, let's uh, let's give your voice a little bit of a rest because I've got what Guardiola said about uh, Liam Delap uh, after the game. He was asked about him uh, in a couple of questions. I've snipped the answers together because the uh, the questions we just could not hear on the on the press conference. Um, so this is what he had to say about uh, about Liam Delap's performance. Liam last season grew up a lot uh, through the team, especially with Enzo Maresca, helped him a lot to to develop. He's a type of striker that we don't have. He's a killer. He's a typical British striker. Incredible finisher. He has to improve to when drop to the first touch, the first contact. The only problem we had this season is from the beginning was injured and after injured and after injured. He struggled a lot with his ankles and uh, was not fit. I think one week ago 
he played the first game in the with the second team. But he's a, he having a special quality. He's a different striker that we have. And in the box, the goal is offside, okay, for a, for a, yeah, just a little. But was there? Listen, these guys have 18, 90 years old. So one of the precious values in that age you have to be is be patient. But if you are patient and you are quality to fight every training session, always pay off your career. Always you, you will get what you, you deserve. So anyone knows what is going to happen next season. Because we are still in the season and many players stay, many players will leave or not. Maybe come, maybe don't. Nobody knows. So what he has to do is work for himself and, and do what he's doing, be fit. Because unfortunately could not was was not in, in, in the conditions this season. And and yeah, it was nice. FA Cup against top of the league in the championship. Uh, make a good bad action to set the ball. It was two really good in the boxes there. When the long balls and fight the ball one against one against Tosin is able to win that duels. So yeah, a special striker that we don't have. He's a lovely guy. He's a fighter. He in every training session against Jaime, against Ruben, against John, Nathan. He fights and some most of the times win the duels, or or break his nose or something like that. So it's a typical striker that we don't have, and and yet they play, you know, minutes with the first team for the Manchester City. It's a, you know, be patient, fight and fight and fight, and and uh, right moment, in uh, he is good and he deserve uh, for the quality that he have, he will get what he deserve. Yeah, so I want to come back to uh, McAtee in a, in a minute, Sam. But first, there's something that that Guardiola said there that kind of resonated with me because I remember when when I saw that um, McAtee and Delap were coming off the bench, the way Delap stepped, the way he took it, took off his kind of training top and then stepped towards the touchline in that way that subs do, he looked like a battering ram. I can't ex- like he, he right, didn't okay. he didn't he didn't look like a, a 17 18 year old. Do you know what I mean? He he looked like somebody who was a seasoned kind of not even a not even a like a Premier League footballer, like like an amateur footballer where you think god this guy's just going to run into people all day. Did you know what I mean? And then Guardiola says that about him taking on the defenders in training. You can, I can I can believe it. Yeah, um I mean I yeah, I don't I don't I don't remember remember thinking that or noticing that, but you know, as we've already discussed, I wasn't in the best the best, yeah, um, kind of yeah situation to be yeah, conditioned to be watching football and noticing stuff um but um, yeah so i think his dad i think i don't think his dad's got too involved in terms of pushing him to to be a footballer but i think one of the probably the biggest things that his dad i mean i guess everyone listening to this knows that his dad is rory delap you know professional footballer for about 20 years now coach at stoke um i think one of the biggest bits of advice he gave him was um yeah, you can play well or play badly, but you've got to give everything. And look, I know that's a bit it's a bit of a cliche maybe, and it's one of those things you can say about everybody, but I think it's something that you can you can see with 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 Liam Delap and it's obviously so, it's something we've seen there from what Pep's saying about him and what you're saying. Um it's yeah, it's that it is that element to it of he will just go out there and fight. And I mean in fact, if you think about it, the the kind of the story of his last eighteen months or so, other than the goals. A lot of the, the the yellow cards and red cards. Yeah, he, he does get a lot, doesn't he? Because he gets stuck in. Um, so yeah, that is that is definitely part of his game. You know, it's part of his game where, in terms of, there's no point getting booked in like youth games, isn't it? I mean, obviously it happens, but to get to to have it happen that often, you know, that is something you need to rein in a bit. 
which I think, you know, is something to aim for. And just the other thing Guardiola said there that did make me remember one element of the game at the weekend, but, but also whenever I've seen him play in the past, that first touch you mentioned is not yeah. great, is it? You know, it's not it's not like City Academy level, let's say. Yeah, That is something to improve, but okay, fine. Because yeah. at the other end, if we're saying it's not City Academy level, maybe his ability in the box is is better than, you know, than because if we think about the the academy players that City are bringing through and that Gary Neville quote about them being clones. You know, we're thinking attacking midfielders, wingers, aren't we? With great technique um, and tactical understanding. Um, so that's my, maybe why it stands out a bit, especially in that, in that first team. But yeah, if you think about the ability inside the box. Um, it's going pr- pretty then, good. Then yeah, then then that is good. The, the, and the other and the last thing, because obviously one of the questions there. It would have, you know, when Guardiola said, look, we don't know what's going to happen next season. Players will come, players will go, maybe don't. Um, it's difficult, isn't it, with the lap? Because was it only last week we were talking about Julian Alvarez? Yeah. And it was, uh, well, they obviously think he's good enough. Um, he's a first-team signing. Um, the, the question is, the, the, the question becomes, doesn't it? You know, Julian Alvarez is around. What if he's part of the first team setup next season? What if they have spent some money on, let's say, for, for argument's sake, they've gone out and spent the money on Erling Haaland? Suddenly, there's like Guardiola doesn't play two strikers. Like it's it's not often that that he, he plays two up front. He's spent the most of uh, the last kind of two seasons playing non up front. So hmm. if you're if you're the third element in that, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So what I was going to say, basically. Alvarez's situation is pretty convoluted, difficult. You know, maybe he'll be in the first team, maybe he won't be. You know, it depends on all sorts of things. And then you think, how does that apply to the lab? Because he's got all of that as well, but also he doesn't cost 14 million, 20 million, whichever way it is. And obviously, if they were to get Haaland as well, then it's harder for Alvarez and it's even harder for for Delap. Um Or, you know, maybe they, Alvarez stays with River for a bit longer and Delap's the, the, the second strike or whatever. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, it, it's. It is difficult, isn't it? So like Guardiola says, just kind of keep working and kind of let whatever happened, happen. Yeah. Um, I just want to pick up on something you said about earlier as well. Do you think he, he's been a little bit forgotten this season because of injuries and uh, I guess the emergence of Cole Palmer as well? Yeah. Um, but also because even last season he didn't play that much, did he? Um, he so, wasn't, was he, he well, I don't think he was involved after Leicester, was he? I don't think so. I mean, the probably times he was on the bench probably but then obviously the season took off in like so well and in such a direction and obviously particularly with the champions league and the the more control and then the the no strikers going in that direction um yeah it it was it was easier to kind of forget there because of the way the season went and then yeah obviously with with the injuries and stuff it's been the same um this season but like you say the 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 appearance at the weekend and hopefully an opportunity to do the same, I'd guess, off the bench against Peterborough. Um, you know, it, that should help. Yeah. Um, let's just, uh, I just want to give a shout out to your piece on McAtee's uh, New Deal as well, because I read it about uh, how it all unfolded. I know we've mm-hmm. talked about it recently on the show, so I don't want to go over uh, too much of all of uh, the old ground, but uh, I mean, the performance against Fulham, you can kind of see why they were desperate to keep him around the place, even if, um, if, even if he wasn't particularly happy with his performance against Swindon. You look at, at what he came in and did against Fulham. If there is an injury or if there is a, a, an outbreak of, uh, of, of COVID, you've got somebody there who is going to keep the standard high, haven't you? Yeah, and somebody will fit in. Um, you know, I suppose if you're thinking about other other teams, maybe if it's that 
desperate, aren't they? Especially now they're going to change the rules, or have they changed the rules where you actually need a proper load of outbreaks? or a proper big outbreak, to get a game called off now. You may be thinking, recall players from loan. And obviously City got loads of those. So you could bring in, like, Pedro Porro or something like that, you know, if you could, you know. But the point that was made to me during pre-season, when obviously most of City's first-team players were away after international duty, was look at these, like, emerging talent players, like Gerard Moreno, for example. They don't, they don't look like they fit with, like, a Pep first-team, whereas the academy boys do because they're yeah. trained in it every day. So, okay, the level between, let's say, Ben Knight as a as a false nine and Bernardo Silva is massive, but he's making the same, same, making the same movements, yeah. the same runs. So, yeah, exactly. Like, would Guardiola want to go into a game with a, a load of youngsters in a game where they need to win three points to stay at the top of the league? No, of course not, because you want to give yourself the best chance. And, and for him and probably for most people, let's be honest, the best chance is all the amazing internationals you've got. But, yeah, if it did come to that, Playing McAtee, playing Wilson Esbrand at left back. I know they that's a different style of left back, to be fair, to how they normally do it. But in terms of that ability to understand the game and and contribute to what Guardiola wants, that's there as well. Um Ukenbete as well, I guess, because he's been there since he was what, thirteen. Um yeah, they they've they've all been trained in it and the, yeah, the same as the the same as James, uh, yeah. They they just it's just it's just in them already. The, the level isn't isn't there yet, but they they know where they need to run. They know how they need to run. They know if they need to curve, they run. You know all these kind of things. Yeah, it's already up there. Yeah, I just want to make a little request as well to uh, the City fans listening to this. Can we stop uh, with the whole uh, Salford Silver thing? Uh, because just like the Stockport Iniesta thing we folded before it, um, the one thing I found, or the one thing I think is uh, you you look at the way that Foden has developed in this City side. Um, for for years, he was touted as a like-for-like replacement for David Silva because he's effectively an attacking midfielder who's left-footed. You watch them play, they're not like they're just not the same player, and they don't play in the same way. Um, I, I one thing I like about these players that, that as they're coming through, they they all seem to have their own identity, and they all seem to have the way that they will fit into into the team if it works out for them. So um, I just I, I just don't like the nicknames like that, like Salford Silver, Stockport Iniesta. It just it feels like like it, it feels like we're trying too hard, and it's 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 piling a load of pressure on them that I don't think they need. So yeah, um, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because um, I don't know if it's just me not liking it. You know, I might I'm I'm quite happy to be called a grump. Yeah, well, I mean, there's an element of that, but I mean, I'm not going to comp- I'm not going to criticize that because how many times do I say things that <laughs> because I'm grumpy? So that's fine. Um, I mean, in terms of like the Salford Silver thing, it's something that you know his teammates call him, um, and like it is funny because I've done two big articles, well, I've done a really big article on Foden. Um, God, it would have been 2020 summer, I think. Um, and one on McAtee around Christmas. And in the headline of both, Stockport Iniesta, Salford Silver. And now I obviously don't do the headlines. And when I saw the Salford Silver one, I was like, oh, fuck's sake. But I get it. Like, I get why they're headlines. Because it's such a media thing, isn't it? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, th- those kind of comparisons, everyone loves them. But I mean, they are, they are, they are kind of, they are stupid. I suppose if they're accurate, it kind of is a bit better. Um, but yeah, um, the other one, Croydon De Bruyne, no, Emil Smith, no, yeah, that's just funny because Martin Tyler went that that game. You said it about fifteen times, <laughs> which was hilarious. Um, I don't mind it too much, and I mean, if it's something that 
they do get called by teammates or whatever. It has I some value, I guess. A bit more, yeah. But, um, yeah, what what was that Salford Silver thing? Because I remember the, re- the reason it was in my article was because I think was it was it in that video when this is good anyway when the Tory party were at Man City about five or six years ago and was it the, did George Osborne meet the academy? I and when he he met McAtee then when he was about what would that be thirteen? Oh God, I, yeah, I and remember there was something about that like, was it, it was in that video. He was, I can't remember, like, what, I can't remember reason, what was said. So he was I don't called know. the Salford Silver, or did he? Like, I don't think he called it himself that. Or if he did say, "This is my nickname," it's because you know this is what people were calling him. So it's yeah. obviously it is something that's been around for a long time. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I think basically the the fundamental point is it, it's grumpiness in it. But yeah, yeah. Sorry, okay, sorry, everybody. But there we are. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think what the next ones will be. That'll be the don't. That's don't, the funny thing. It's not no. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's move a little bit into uh, the senior team, Sam, uh, because we, we've had a little bit of a running analysis of of Jack Grealish this season. Uh, but I wanted to give him some time this week because I thought he had a pretty good game against Fulham. Uh, maybe he could have released a shot or a here or there or a pass or a touch a bit earlier um, on a couple of occasions. But overall, he was causing problems. Um, he then went on to, to win the penalty, which I thought was a great run. Uh, I didn't think he could keep the ball in, in most of that space. He kept sidestepping challenges and... And, uh, and and got the uh, got the penalty in the end. Um, it, it's hard, isn't it, for for forward players to just settle into Guardiola teams. So I, I, I guess I, I don't want to keep coming back round to focusing on him every week. But he's he's making progress. I feel. Yeah, I mean, maybe I could have mentioned this beforehand. But have you seen this the story today? Uh, uh, no, Guardiola's commented on on the press conference. Okay, there's a story in the mail based on a TikTok video of him. Right, so it's claimed on the video that Grealish was too pissed to get into a club, so he was turned away. City have said, and I think Pep said that wasn't the case. You know, it was him, Walker, and Mares. They went out on Sunday evening, which was no problem. It was about well, they said it was about seven o'clock, um, and they had a day off on Monday. I, mean, I don't know if they did actually, because I've been about out of the game. But yeah, they said they had a day off on Monday, so no big problem. It's it's difficult to tell from the video, but it's also difficult to tell from a club denial who's telling the truth. But they're claiming he wasn't as bad as is being made out. Um, so yeah, I just thought before we actually get on to discussing Grealish, um, that context should probably, probably be in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I mean, look, to be honest, the story was in the mail at like seven a.m. I saw it about an hour ago, and then since then it started to make more of the aggregators and now Pep's talked about it and now you know by the time people listen to this 
it'll be the greatest thing that people are talking about. Well, I've, um, I've just I've just seen the quote um, from uh, I assume from the press conference from uh, Jonathan Smith. Um, I'm so upset because they didn't invite me. Is Guardiola on City's players' night out? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the rest of it is like, you know, the video doesn't show the real situation or. Um, let me just get it. I mean, again, people will, people will know this. Um, the video didn't show exactly what happened. Dinner together, sober with some mates and some backroom stuff. Which, okay, fine. Um, yeah. it, it'd be funny if this was like one of those Daily Mirror um, government pa- things pa- where they let them guys, deny yeah. it. <laughs> and then they let them deny it and then later on they go, actually, here's a video of him falling over in the street or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so difficult that, isn't it? Because it's just one of those things. So we're about to talk about him on the football side of things and to be honest I haven't got much else to say other than it's still his first season like yeah. he's doing like a mate messaged me earlier with the story actually and he was like at least he isn't running at a defender stand like stopping standing still and passing back to Cancelo and I went yeah but at least Pep wants him to do that but like, he does doesn't he like yeah. I think a lot of the like look and I know when it gets to next season the expectation and the hope and whatever will be the Grealish we are on like what this time next year, like twelve goals, eight assists, you know that kind of thing. Properly taken off, more decisive in the final third. And I'm not saying um, he doesn't he doesn't have to be that now because that would certainly be good. And it's what you expect of of Foden and Sterling and Mares and to a lesser extent Jesus. Um, you know those goals and assists, and just generally being more decisive. And he's not that, but you know we know why first season. But those other things, the stuff that he does do which we've talked about already, it's 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 important for the team. And I think somebody sent me a message over the weekend as well about Grealish playing false nine and not, not being very good. And I was just like, well, or not being very productive. But we've said this before, it's a very selfless role, the false nine. Yeah. I don't think anybody who Pep, let's say Pep picks the name out of the Tom Bowler on the Saturday morning and say, right, one of these six players is going to play false nine. Whoever comes out is never going to think, brilliant, I'm getting a hat-trick today. Like it's not happening, is it? Like most of the time, you 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 got to do your work away from the box. You've got to you got to bring others into the game. You, you're doing a very selfless thing. And if we go back to Grealish doing that, um, you know Southampton, he was he was he was good at that. Um, I did hope that you know as the game went on, he would have still been in the box to to make a bit more of an impact. He wasn't. You know, is that because he didn't do it well? Is it because he didn't have to? I'm not sure. But there are definitely aspects of his game which people don't really appreciate but Guardiola definitely will yeah um, and I think that's probably one of the ways to sum it up aside from the usual it's his first season like we'd have been having this conversation and probably worse about Mares because you know Mares it really looked like it didn't fit what's all this about you know completely different style and whatever um, but obviously he's he's been he's been so good since then and yeah you know, just everyone Bernardo Silva Cancelo Rodri um, even even Sterling was already there. The interesting you know, thing here, though, yeah. The the interesting thing that I I kind of want to push a bit further. And sorry for catching you on the on the hoof with this one now, but um, it, it's kind of like the more I think about it, though, that's two stories now that have emerged of him being in allegedly in Guardiola's bad books yeah. for a night out. You never got that with Mares. Mares, he may have been unhappy oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. or he may have been he may have been grumbling about not having game time, that sort of thing. But it was directly related to his football. It wasn't away from wasn't away from the pitch. 
Oh yeah, no, so it, absolutely. But I mean, when I was talking there about we're having this conversation about like fitting into the team and not performing and not getting the goals and the assists that you'd expect based on performances for Villa and Leicester and whatever, it would it would have been the same. So yeah, okay, if we're going to bring that outside aspect into it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because neither are ideal. You know, for in yeah. terms of Guardiola, you know, I remember that game when at Huddersfield it was when Mares was left out, and that was because you know it'd been, you know, no, it wasn't the no bad faces ideal the Guardiola expected um and you know and that I think that's part of the reason Grealish has played so much um you know the attitude's been good um Cancelo that was a similar thing to Mares. you know um first season wasn't playing wasn't happy about it um so in in that respect and like you've got you've got somebody in Grealish who kind of brings brings the place up with him you know funny guy like beloved guy really popular guy in the, in the dressing room and, you know, doing what Guardiola wants on the pitch, by and large, you know, the expectation of more next season, what's not to like. But then you think, like, is it, is it all right to love a piss up that much if if that's if that's the situation it is? You know, yeah. obviously it, it was it was pretty bad in the December one in terms of, you know, in terms of a night out being a footballer, in terms of the alcohol intake kind of thing, not in terms of any trouble, but in terms of, you know, professionalism or whatever. It obviously crossed the line and that's why Guardiola brought it up and left him out of the team. And, and the same with Phil, obviously. And then obviously now they're, they're disputing that. They're, they're saying it's not true. It's obviously not something I was aware of. But, you know, if if the reality is different and if he, if he was in that situation again, then, um, you know, I'm sure Guardiola won't be very happy and maybe we'll see in the next game you know if Grealish doesn't play um, maybe next couple may, maybe we'll, we'll we'll get a bit more of an idea of the reality um, I yeah. don't know or maybe the rea- maybe he does play and the reality is that he, he was fine and the video was a bit out of context but um, I don't know it, it, it is difficult with videos it, it, like, it really is because a video like that you'll see it like it kind of it wasn't he didn't like flash up and it did look it did look like he was pissed it really did but um, I'm open-minded enough and broad-minded enough and kind of experienced enough to know that there is feasibly another angle out there yeah. or another reality out there where it isn't exactly that. But it does, you know, it does look bad. And like, it, would you go with video evidence or a football club trying to keep things sweet? I think you generally go with the video evidence, but it's impossible to know. Yeah. But yeah, like we I said, we might we might have an idea from Grealish's role in the next couple of games of how serious it was actually behind the scenes. Should also mention the other TikTok uh, this week. Um, the the more positive TikTok that uh, emerged of him. Um, oh, that was amazing! That uh, yeah. nearly made me cry. Yeah, it's it, great, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I'd seen with these things like Wordle. Although I've started doing Wordle like the last three. Or four days. <laughs> um, I think I've said this before, but it's it's not me being stubborn or anything. But it's like if I wake up and it's like, look at this amazing goal from the Venezuelan league, and it's like on my timeline five times. I just, I'm just not going to watch it. I don't know why. I'm just not going to watch it. And that's the thing with Word. Everyone was doing it. I was like, I'm not really interested. But I started doing it when I was ill because I couldn't sleep. So I was like, oh, let's have a look. Um, but yeah, so with the Grealish thing, it was one of those things everyone was doing. And I was like, oh God, this is what, I mean, what's this going to be? F- football or fucking signing it, whatever. I don't know. Like, I, I didn't know what it was going to be, <laughs> but I just thought, oh, I'm not going to watch this. And then it was there for so long. I was like, all right, let's have a look. Like, because this might just be City fans. Yeah, and by that, I mean, if it was United fans saying, oh, look at this amazing thing Bruno's doing. Is this just because you love your own player? Yeah. You think it's amazing? Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to watch it. I was like, okay, signing the shirt. I was like, it's quite nice. I was like, I was like, he did, he just did just go though, didn't he? And then he, and then when he walked around that, this is me thinking to myself, like really cynical. 
obviously I wasn't in a great mood over the weekend. <laughs> um, I mean, when he walked around the desk and gave her a hug, I was like, oh, fuck's sake, that's really nice. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, it kind of, yeah, it's, it's just difficult, isn't it? You know, in terms of people and what they do, you know, on a, on a broader thing, you know, it's not that, it's not that deep really, you know, Jack Grealish likes to piss up really good at football. Probably a nice, nice man. Does, yeah. does nice things. <laughs> like, you know, really nice left. Like, how, like how, do you, how do you square these things off? You know, it's, and it goes to show that when you're judging other people on, on more serious things, um, do good things, do bad things, it, you know, it's, it's, it's really difficult to judge. But obviously, with Grealish in this case, I mean, the worst thing seems to be that he likes a drink. But, yeah. um, you know, maybe it's just, maybe it's just the, one, the one incident this season. We don't, we don't know. Quick word. I, I know. I know. We're talking about everything, but it's football here. But any idea how he had a haircut and then didn't have a haircut? Yeah, got, um, got, got me stumped that one. Yeah. So I mean, I saw a picture of it on like Saturday morning, I think, and then I couldn't find it when people because he came out wearing the headband again. But I think basically it had all of his long hair on the top was kind of like pinned up out of the way, and I think underneath it, the side, the back, and the sides have been shaved down, and because his hair's so long on the top. It just like flops over to the back and the sides, and you can't tell. There we go. Another mystery solved. Thank you very yeah. much. Uh, yeah. That's what I'll do um, with mine. Let's. Yeah. <laughs> and now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. We mentioned Mares. Uh, I did want to focus a little bit on Mares because it, it, it's a it's a strange kind of uh, parallel between him and Grealish, uh, as we said before about settling into to the Guardiola team. Um, he took the penalty that Grealish won. He got the fourth allegedly. Um, it was flying wide as far as I could tell. Um, so it's another couple of goals for one of the most influential players of the season so far. Um, mm. How has he kind of worked his way into this position, Sam? Has it been a change in City style over the three years since he arrived? Because you think of you think of when he arrived, um, they were still kind of, we still had the idea of City City's front three being that Sane, Aguero, Sterling, really wide, really fast sort of um, you know, the counter-attacking sort of um, breakaway side. Uh, and now it's now it's obviously more um, kind of Sterling Grealish, false nine, Maras. Yeah, um, 
It's interesting. So I wrote an article about him at the start of Algeria's involvement in AFCON, which obviously didn't go on that long, but it was probably two or three weeks ago about how, how good he's been. And I think the interesting thing about it is, as we mentioned before there, when we were talking about Grealish in his first season, people like, oh, he doesn't really fit in. Um, kind of either too individualistic or too direct. Um, it's funny because City were more direct then. And, you know, Sterling did an interview recently when he explained how City are much less direct now and before it was like him and it was him and Sane on the wings, two motorbikes, zoom, zoom, zoom. That's what he said, you know, just constantly dribbling the players. But now, as we know, and as we've talked about basically every week, City aren't that. They're much more circumspect. Yeah. Yeah. But then it's funny that Mares, a player who's always been said to be too direct for them or always was said to be that, is their best attacking outlet in that. So he's kind of, I think City have moved towards a place where they benefit from somebody who's a bit more direct, but he's developed his game and moved towards a place in his game where he obviously understands the fundamentals of what he needs to do. And if you think back even to the start of last season, you know, there was fans getting pissed off with him and indeed players getting pissed off with him for holding on to the ball for too long, for being too greedy, for dribbling in the wrong moments, for passing in the wrong moments, you know. For, for running out of play with it. Yeah, running, just running there, there off the, the one. Of the there was one at Sheffield United, wasn't there, where he just ran off the end of the pitch and you're like, come on. Yeah, exactly. And I think that was... I think it was the week before at West Ham when the players had a go at him in the in the dressing room, and then I was going to write about it after the the, Sunday, the Sheffield United game, and like literally nothing had changed. It was exactly the same, and I wrote the article about it, and you know, obviously, all help wrote loose. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, so it, it's interesting, you, the, like the way you asked the question and the way it's gone for him. The yeah, City have been much less direct, but he's thriving in that, and so that's how it's kind of got to that stage. Obviously, the general process of him taking on board what he's been being told and what's being asked of him um but also like just the the basics of he was so good last season and you know the big difference maker and he was undisputed on the right wing wasn't he um and then this season just didn't play barely played in the premier league but always did well in the champions league and then when he came in and played in the premier league in december like sterling played really really well. well yeah um so it's just one of those things and again it's maybe it's again you kind of put in this together a bit piecing it together two two plus two but going for what we said that Huddersfield game in his first season when he wasn't playing pissed off you know moaning about it dropped you know having played so well last season and then not played too much but then still get his chance and plays really well I think you know I don't know if he's been complaining this season or not um, but even if he was and he still managed to play well fair play if he wasn't and he's managing to play really well fair play so yeah he's doing he's doing what needs to be done um, and it's you know it's it's good that he's back. It's good that he's back from Afcon now. I know everyone is, but um, it'll be interesting to see how that that front three dynamic is now. Because when people always ask me to predict the lineup, I'm it's all right to bit, the front it? three, yeah, and then it's but, just I've literally no idea. Just absolutely no idea. Um, and yeah, Mares. I think didn't we go through last week? Feels like a long time ago now. But like the best eleven I would pick, or what? Even though if I had to pick an eleven today of City players, not knowing who the opposition is, I would have to put Mares. On the right wing, and yeah, it's the it's the same today. Yeah, um, let's let's get a bit more from uh, Guardiola on Mares because uh, he was asked about him on uh, Saturday after the game. This is what he had to say. Of course, he's a guy with a mentality to score a goal, but especially his quality as a player has an special an special quality. He understands controls how he attracts opponents to make one against two or one against three, and after pass the ball for the free man. Good runners in the close 
to the box always you have a feeling that he had to score a goal. A part of that we struggle a lot, a lot in the last years to take a penalty, to score a penalties, and now is a, a guarantee. He's scoring every penalty he's going to take, and that is important for us as well. And especially under real, real pressure, because you take a penalty with 4-0, it's easy going. But uh, last season we are we were in a we were in Dortmund 1-0 down, and he scored a penalty. This season 1-1 in in. Uh, Against a 1-0 against uh, against Arsenal, scored a goal. Had a personality to take a you know to take okay, give me the ball, I'm going to score, and he do it. There we go. So he's definitely missing the next one, Sam. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, isn't it? How everyone was so deeply affected by the Anfield one that no matter how well <laughs> and how how much and how uh, and kind of how effusive everybody is in their praise of Mahrez and his penalties, the first massive yeah, but the jumps out is <laughs> Anfield, which was Christ. Two and a half years ago. But yeah, it does. It Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's right, isn't he? Like, he probably is the, the best penalty taker now. And I think, again, that was, I think that was in my article as well I wrote two or three weeks ago. Like, has gone from that stage of thinking, right, who's going to miss this? Which was obviously something I tweet quite often. Um, and I remember when Mares, so he mentioned the Dortmund game away. Do you remember when City got a penalty in the first leg, but then it was overturned? He, Mar- nobody saw it. But and it was behind closed doors as well. But I was in the stadium. But Mario had the ball on the spot, and I tweeted it. it. It was not. It was one of those tweets that journalists do when they know exactly why they're tweeting something. You know, yeah. it's like I'm tweeting this because I know what people are going to say. Um, so yeah, Mario's had the ball on the spot, and I was thinking, "Fucking hell! Like, are you sure? Like, are you sure?" And obviously, when he took the penalty in Germany, it was the same thing. Yeah. But even up until oh, you know, even when he took the penalty at Arsenal, I was still thinking no. But like you. As he takes them and scores them, you've got to think fair enough. And also, you think like Sterling scored that penalty against Wolves, but that really is a, a, a like oh my, I, I, if if Sterling takes a penalty in a big game, you know, if if they get to Champions League final, here's one for you for you for anyone with anxiety or even people who haven't. <laughs> if City gets a Champions League final and they get a penalty, and Raheem Sterling puts his hands on the ball, what are you thinking? I mean, this is it's it's really really like if he was to hear this, he'd probably think, "Who's this prick?" And he'd look, he'd be right. But also that you know, I think I'm right in saying that the reaction to that would be, "Oh my god!" And I think that was the reaction to to Mares. The point I'm making is that was the reaction to Mares. Yeah, up but until I, very recently, I'm going to stand no up. Is. I'm going to stand up for Raheem Sterling a little bit here because if if like it does depend on the situation. Let's say let's say it's nil uh, nil with ten minutes left and City have got a penalty in the Champions League final. I think whoever picks the ball up there, yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think every City fan is going, oh god, oh, oh absolutely, oh, oh, oh yeah, god, no, don't get me wrong. That's I don't, I don't think it's I don't think it's Raheem Sterling. I think it's anybody. No, all right, well, all right, okay. I think yeah. I, I think but, I think right, Brentford, literally- Brentford on Wednesday then two 0 up. Sterling takes pen. Yeah, fine. You thinking it's 3-0? Mm, yeah, probably. Oh, I find fair enough. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I get the point completely. Anyone who gets a penalty in the Champions League, yeah. you're going to be thinking, oh God, we're missing this. But I genuinely um, think the only players that City have had in, in, in recent years where you say, yes, this is a definite 100% goal as soon as they've got the ball on the spot is Yaya Toure, Mario Balotelli, then you're going back to Alano. Bef- like, yeah, no, like, I know. Like, I, everybody, I know. Like, even Aguero. Aguero... Like I was never confident Aguero would score a penalty. No, so, no I know. Yeah, but I, I, in terms of that kind of sliding scale, though, I would say, and maybe maybe this is just me now, and you know, maybe I'm kind of out and out in myself as a, a bit as a big Sterling denier, which obviously I'm not. But when it comes to penalties, as it 
exactly the same as one on ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I can. Just, I can accept that as well. Yeah, I can accept that. It's just not there. You know that that confidence isn't there. But the point I was trying to make was that was the same with Mario's. I think for a lot of people, and certainly myself. But now it isn't. Um, and yeah, fair play. And, and obviously, if it were to come to Champions League final, the Mario's were to get it, I'm sure people would still be thinking Anfield. Um, <laughs> but there'd there'd be a. I think there'd be a high chance it'd bury it. So. Yeah. Dig that clip out in May. <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, I've already got an ear, ear on uh, clipping that up and saving that ready for uh, ready for you, Sam. So don't do do not worry. I'll have that uh, signed up for you. Um, Want to finish uh, this week's show with a little bit on the narrative that grows every time City draw a lower league side in uh, one of the cups. Um, I, the only reason I want to give this any oxygen, Sam, is because I want people to understand how maths works and not. Um, not not basically uh, look at the sample size of the last couple of seasons and go, well, look at that. City always get easy cup draws. Because um, I remember it was generally through the Pellegrini years and, and, and a little yeah, it bit. Was the, it was always mid-table It was always mid-table Premier League, League. yeah. Always away game, mid-table Premier League team. They they On the odd occasion, they did draw a championship side. Um, it was, I think, Hull, when Hull were top of the championship, uh, I think they got Fulham in that time as well when Fulham were top of the championship and obviously Fulham were top of the championship this time. Um, so it's not exactly like they have got a lower league side, but it is the closest to a Premier League side that they could possibly have got. Um, so you zoom into the, the last few seasons, you see all the ties like Burton and Cheltenham and, and, and whatnot, but you zoom out and actually have a, a decent sample size, then uh, then it, it's, it's City just get the same cup draws as everybody else. Yeah, well, people are stupid, aren't they? Yeah, that is generally, um, unfortunately. So yeah, that's all. There's all there is to be said about that. Um, yeah. Also, and all, I mean, yeah, I mean, also like Chelsea's draws this season, Plymouth at home. Who did they have before that? To be fair, they probably had like Tottenham or something, and it was really difficult. But um, Plymouth at home and then Luton away, it's just the same thing. Yeah, but again, like in terms of sample size, it's not forever, is it? And like, what what's kind of the, what's the allegation? Either it's a fix or. They're lucky. Oh, maybe maybe there is a bit of luck. Yeah, oh, look, I, of the, look of the draw, though, isn't it? That's the that, that is literally that's literally the phrase. <laughs> how it works. Yeah, yeah. It's how and it al- works, also, so if, if, if you want City to draw Premier League teams like uh, Manchester United, you better not get knocked out to Middlesbrough. Uh, if, you well, wanna, exactly. if you want if you want to draw teams like Leicester, don't get knocked out to Nottingham Forest. So it, like, exactly. it's, it's how it works. Exactly. I mean that. Yeah, but again, this is a podcast for for people who. For people who already know these things, isn't it? Yes, so it is. Yeah. We're not really changing any views on that. Preaching to the choir. So in that case, I'm going to let you rest your voice, Sam, and uh, call time on this week's episode of Why Always Us. Uh, thank you, as ever, to Sam Lee. Thank you very much, mate. Hope you're Thanks feeling better soon. Hope you're feeling better soon. Yeah. Hope you get uh, all the news on the house and stuff and uh, everything's good. Uh, then you can switch back to yes. avocado toast. It's stressful, man. Um, yeah, not for this mortgage. <laughs> well, best of luck with that. Don't forget, uh, you can sign up to The Athletic right now with a 33% discount. Just use the code MANCITYPOD. The Athletic.